Hello, 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 and welcome to Tending to the Badass Momcast. I'm your host, Sheena, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. And hopefully, we will have a lot of fun on this journey of this podcast. I am a mom of two awesome little boys, and that's kind of where the Tending to name comes from. Me, I'm just here tending to my boys, and I'm just going to share some things along the way things that I've learned in my 15 years of being a mom and in my 36 years of being a woman and hopefully some of these things resound with you and help you so you don't have to learn some of this stuff the hard way i can't wait to participate with you guys i cannot wait to hear what you all have to say about the topics that we discover and uncover and be sure to follow uh, tendon to the number two t-e-n-d-i-n two on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with all of the latest news of things that are happening in the podcast and just in our daily lives. We share a lot of pictures and stories and things that happen on a day-to-day basis on our social medias and our meeting me and the two boys Jay and Jax and we look forward to adding you all to our family. I went back and forth about the topic that I was going to introduce myself to the world with. And I, of course, you know, you go through, oh, let's do an intro. I'm Sheena. I'm a mom of two boys, Jalen and Jackson, and blah, 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 blah. But one thing that has gotten me to the point that I'm at now is therapy. So I want to jump out in my very first episode be about therapy and the, the, all the things that have come along with my therapeutic journey. So a few months ago, um, I was like really, really feeling low, not necessarily suicidal, but just like zero motivation for anything, zero anything for anything, no relationships. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. I didn't want to be bothered with work or my career or even my kids, like, I'll be completely honest, like, even my kids irritated the hell out of me. And I felt like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to shower. I didn't want to clean up. I didn't want to do anything but lay in the bed. And I really didn't feel like doing that. But it's like, that's the bare minimum of a life that you could do. So I had my annual with my OB or GYN because I'm not pregnant, thank God. And I... Um, kind of got to a breaking point because it was like something is not right. Something is really serious here. So I kind of gave her the same spiel like I'm losing my mind right now. Everything that happens to me irritates the shit out of me and like I can't even function anymore. So, you know, we kind of did a little bit of conversational talk and she was like, well, I'm going to put you on this medicine for PMDD because I think it's PMDD, which is like postpartum or excuse me, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is basically like the emotional side of PMS. Like we know of PMS as, you know, grumpy, grouchy, bitchy, you know, crampy, all the things that happen to you before your period come on. But in recent years, they have kind of separated it out where... PMS is more the physical, crampy, headaches, you know, tender nipples, you know, all the things. And then PMDD was more of the emotional, uh, mental health state side of it. 
So uh, I started Prozac, and uh, I will tell you why I started on some milligrams, and it was too damn much. I thought I was going to choke somebody, like just constantly nervous. I was constantly like worked up, like what the hell is going on right now? It wasn't bad. It was just too much, and I was like super happy. So I think it was just my body is like, oh, my God, is this serotonin? What is this? Like we're happy all the time. Like, my grandmother had gotten sick, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, it wasn't, I didn't have any range of emotions. It was just all happy all the time. So I, you know, kind of tempered it myself. I would take half one day and a whole one one day, and I think I got a pretty good balance on it. But that was one thing I did. And then another thing I added was a therapist. But it was crazy because I already go to a therapist. I already have a therapist. I already have somebody that I sit on their couch and like pick my favorite aromatherapy and we talk through stuff. But it wasn't really heavy. It was just like, okay, I'm going to talk to my therapist, you know, once a week and we'll talk and that's it. It was no, you know, write down the 10 things that you want out of a boyfriend and write down the 10 things you want out of a friend like Thanks, Pinterest. Like, I could have done this myself. So, I got a new therapist. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. It was the hardest event I've had to go through in a very, 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 very long time. So, therapy hurts. Like, it hurts. And I would say it's just like starting like a weight loss program or exercise program where your body is like, what the fuck are you doing to me? And you cry if your therapist is as good as my therapist. Because I will tell you what, I got the best in the business. Uh, I've been seeing her for probably a month and a half, two months now. And it has been, even my, I had to see my OB because I'm on this medicine now. And she, you know, made me follow up with her in like six weeks or whatever. So I saw her yesterday. She was like, oh my God, you're like a whole different person. I'm like, well, I got a whole team now. Where before it was... It's just me, myself, and I. And I didn't even like myself and I, to be completely honest. I had gotten to a point where it was just like, you really, you don't want to be involved with anybody or anything. But then when you do, it's like you don't feel sufficient. And that was one of the heavy hitters when I started with my new therapist and she really made me work like she really made me see the value in myself so one of my biggest things is I feel like a loner like I'm all alone not I'm not alone I just don't really connect with other people in the same way I don't have a bestie or it's like one person that is like my hands down, man down, no matter what. Like I do have friends. Don't get me wrong. I have really close friends. I have a squad, like a team of people who all provide something to my life and I provide something to their lives. But like that childhood best friend, we grew up together and we've been friends since we were in diapers. I just don't have that. And even now, as I have started to look into myself and figure myself out, I realized that I kept a lot of people around that just kind of like just made me feel safe or just for the sake of having friends. Like, oh, these people like to do the same things I like to do. And that's it. And it was just, okay, these people became associates, but I was thinking, oh, these are my friends. I can depend on them for things. And I couldn't. So... 
when I realized that I couldn't, when I needed someone to be there for me, I didn't have anybody because I wasn't really friends. We were just associates. So until I really got to the idea of, okay, Sheena, it's okay to be like a loner. It's okay to take some time to like love yourself. So I left like all the group chats that I was in and I backed off of social media and specific avenues of my life. Like there are certain things that I shared that I didn't share and some things that just happened in between. So I just kind of got to a point where it was like, you know, hide a little bit, (laughs) go into your garden of Gethsemane like Jesus did and just figure yourself out. So right now it's like me, one other best friend and my therapist. So my therapist has me on this crazy man fast. Like I'm not allowed to talk to any guys right now because she doesn't want uh, me to kind of backslide or to fall into the trap of, I have to be what I do for other people. So that has probably been the hardest thing. So kind of a little backstory of me growing up or, you know, you know, little Sheena as a kid, I'm a military brat. So I moved all around as a kid. And then like to layer that on, my parents didn't take me everywhere they go. So I kind of split time between my grandparents. So that really meant that for my entire childhood, I went to a different school every single year. So for elementary school, I went to one, two, three, three elementary schools. I went to three middle schools and I went to three high schools. Hold on. So four different high schools. All like that's my entire career. So I have people that I remember from time, but I never had the opportunity to really build a relationship with anybody even my family, like even my parents outside of my grandmothers, I'm not really that close with anybody. I'm not really that tight with anybody. And then there was one of my aunts that I'm extremely close with and she passed away in 2015. And that really just kind of changed the direct trajectory of my life. We had to get that out right. Of my entire life. Like it made me a different person up until you know, that point in my life, like the very best friend that I ever, ever had, the one stable person in my entire life that loved me no matter what was gone, like very quickly. She wasn't, I mean, she was, she had health issues, but the situation that um, ultimately, you know, took her away from me was something that happened very quickly. And I was pregnant with my son, Jackson. So it was like, I had to to manage the grief and the whole process of it all while being pregnant and having to be cognizant of my own self-health in regards to the baby. So it became, um, I, I was very numb by the entire process. I was very uh, dead. A very big part of me died with her. And there are so many things that I've suppressed so many times, so many years that have kind of gotten me to the point where it's like, I don't want to get out of the bed to kind of got to the point where I was like two months ago. Then we started uncovering the infamous postpartum depression. So my oldest is 15 years old and I have kind of gone like my whole body changed. So there was so much that happened from the time that I got pregnant with Jalen. Jalen is my oldest. Up until, you know, like now. And on like layering that, I got another kid. And with each one, like each pregnancy, 
It was, uh, <laughs> I kind of did it like the single mom kind of way. Um, my first husband. So yeah, again, more backstory. So I've been married twice and I've been divorced twice. So I'm a little experienced in the marriage divorce type of scenario. But I would say that the first time I got married, it was because your parents are like, hey, you better get married because now that you're pregnant, you have to have a family. <laughs> well, we probably shouldn't have did that. It was just a waste of money. But that's neither here nor there. We got pregnant and um, I was fresh out of the military, a little slamming little body, 20, 21 years old. And now I have this giant Jackson, excuse me, Jalen was 10 and a half pounds at birth. So you can imagine the changes that my body went through. So boom, we have this kid and I have a whole different body. And I felt like the ugliest person on the planet. I didn't really wear makeup before then. And then that's when I started wearing makeup. I started wearing my hair differently. Like I tried to do all these things on the outside to really cover up how ugly I felt on the inside. Not even including like not being attractive to my husband anymore. So we weren't the closest like to begin with, but like, who doesn't want to be attractive? We were clearly attracted to each other before. But after that, it was... I wasn't even attracted to myself, so it made it extremely hard to want to be intimate or to want to be in a scenario where he had to see my body. And I, that took a, a really hard toll on us. I think we probably could have, you know, held it together for at least a little bit, you know, at least while Jalen was like a toddler, but it didn't. We very quickly dissolved our situation for the sake of, you know, we, we just don't even get along, bro. So... It was um, very hard on me having that first kid. And then, like I said, going through marriage, getting out of the military, moving. I lived in Florida at the time. Hurricane Charlie came and it changed in our living situation. So I moved to North Carolina where my mom was. And, you know, I show up on my mom's doorstep with this baby. And she, of course, welcomed me in. She's like, oh, my first grandbaby. She's so happy for us to be there. I started working and, you know, life starts to get better. And you go through situations, you know, I was in a relationship for a very long time and we didn't really progress um, past um, that relationship. There were a lot of insecurities. There were a lot of things that happened within the relationship that took a toll on me. And I'm not really one to kind of deal with a bad situation. I have no shame in change. Like, you know, some people will stay married because it looks good, but... <laughs> Not the kid. I'm not going to stay anything for the sake of being together or for the sake of anything outside of me being happy or at least remotely happy. Or even if I recognize that they're not happy, like, okay, you don't have to do this with me. Like, I don't have to be here again because I don't really <clears throat> have that attachment you know, the requirement for attachment, I don't, you don't have to be here with me. And that has just been something that I've been conditioned to be. I did it with my parents. I did it with my brothers, my sisters, my whole family, all of my friends. It's like, we don't have to see each other at all for me to be content with whatever this is. During that long-term relationship, I moved across the country. So, you know, moving is clearly my thing. I'm completely okay with moving. I'm not one to be afraid of for a fresh start or a new start. Or at this point in my life, I was trying to advance my career for the sake of my son. So, because you know, I'm a one man band right now. I got to do everything that I can to to make sure that he's taken care of. Because at at this point in him and I father relationship, we didn't talk. We and we still don't talk. We have no 
contact whatsoever with him. None. <laughs> so, um, again, I had to do what I had to do to to be better and to do more for my son because I couldn't have him in a situation where we, you know, needed or that we went without. And I, I just it was not something I wanted to do, you know, as a mom. I already felt less than. There was no way I was going to be less than as a mom. So we moved to Missouri and it was a culture shock for me, but he was so small. Jalen was like two or three when we moved out there and he kind of grew up there. We didn't move back to North Carolina until he was in like the third or fourth grade. So he kind of grew up there. So it was no big deal to him. And then we had a tornado come through. If you guys remember the Joplin tornado in 2011, came through and pretty much destroyed like half the town and the half that we lived in. And around us, like, we had to get a new school. We had to get new everything. And that took a toll on on me being so far away. Like, you, things can change very quickly in your life. And to look up and not have anybody there for you or your kid. If something happens to me, my son's here alone. And I, you know, kind of started feeling that. So I moved back closer to my family. Most of my family, my mom at the time was in North Carolina still. And my grandparents were in Virginia. So I moved back to the East Coast. I moved back to North Carolina. And um, I met my next husband. And very quickly, you know, you get to, oh, I need security. I need, you know, a father for my kid. I need you know, a man, like you're supposed to have a man. You're not supposed to be on this earth alone. You're, you know, here to do life with somebody else. So very quickly got into a relationship and, um, a situation happened where he had to have like emergency surgery. So we had to tell the hospital staff that I was his fiance. So I could approve the surgery because he was like knocked out. He, he was not coherent. We had to sedate him heavily to do the MRI. Like it was, it was a fiasco. And I don't really know his family like that. I had never met his family. I had never talked to any of his cousins or like nobody. I don't know anybody. So I had to call his parents in the middle of the night and like, hey, your son's having surgery. I know you don't know me, but you might want to, you know, get over to the hospital. <laughs> He's having emergency surgery in the morning. So I didn't really leave his side. And I do. I love I, even to this day. I love him to death. That's my boy. But even through therapy, like fast forward and back to therapy, like clearly we're divorced now. But um, there were some boundaries that I had to set up around that situation as well, because I, in certain ways, I would still look at him as my husband, even though we weren't together anymore. And I kind of still carried myself as um, attached to him. So there were things that I didn't do. I didn't, you know, continue any relationships. I still don't have a relationship with anybody, but right now, after, like I said, going through therapy, I don't really want to, (laughs) I don't really want to, but going back to the marriage, like it kind of dissolved because like he's a truck driver. So he was never really home. And that took that, that wasn't how we kind of started off. He had a completely different job when we started and like, that was cool, but there were so many things that happened. Um, I lost my grandparents. I, you know, we moved back and forth from Virginia to North Carolina and there were just some things that just kind of killed it (laughs) to be honest. And, you know, you look up and it's like, boom, you're divorced again. Now, I never really took the time to like do things for myself. So at the beginning of the summer, 2019, 19, 
my mom, she came to the house. No, actually, even before that, um, New Year's, I love New York. New York is one of my favorite places like on the planet. So New Year's, my mom was here. I was like, mom, I want to go to New York. She was like, go, I'm here with the boys. Go for a few days and come back. You'll be fine. So I hopped on a plane, went to New York with some friends and we sat down, we set all these goals and we came into 2019, like really awesome, really motivated, really like, let's go. So one thing I wanted to do in, you know, the rest of my life was to travel more. So fast forward to like spring break ish area, my mom, you know, shout out to my mom. Let's shout out to my mom. We're going to give her a round of applause. Uh, and let her know how much I appreciate her because I would not be able to do the things that I do without her. But um, spring break-ish area time, she came and kept the boys and I went to the beach. And I had like for the first time in probably 15 years, I had like a week to myself. And I was like, what the hell do I do? Like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do with myself Like, what do I like to do? Everything in my life had revolved around doing things for other people. And like, oh, I got to take care of the kids. I got to get groceries. I have to, you know, make sure the kids have clothes. I got to pick them up from school. I got to take them to practice. I have to go to church. I have to go to the gym. I have to do these events. I have, you know, a separate career. Like, I have to, you know, show up for a work fair or whatever the hell, you know, there was always something I was doing for someone else. So now I had this time to myself, like, what the hell am I going to (laughs) do? I don't know what to do with myself. So I got up, I went to the beach and I just laid on the beach. And as a kid, I grew up in Florida. The beach was the thing to do. Like, that's what you did. And I had forgotten how much I love the beach, just how much I love sitting there under the umbrella, smelling the sea, just listening, no sound, no music. Well, clearly there's sound at the beach, but the, like the birds chirping, I'm very nature centric. So that just like, it healed me so much. I did that every day. I just got up every morning. I rented a beach chair and in North Carolina, there's like a string of beaches. So one day I did Wrightsville Beach. One day I did Carolina Beach. One day I did Topsail Island. One day I did Kuhn Beach. I did a different beach every day. And then when I didn't go to the beach, I went to the movies. Like Godzilla came out and I love Godzilla. Oh my gosh, Godzilla is my favorite like character of all time so I watched Godzilla two times and like I I love going to the movie well I don't really uh maybe I do let me not say that I do love going to the movies because it's quiet time so halfway through the movie like if you go to Regal Cinemas like I'll stretch out and I'll pass out (laughs) so like I've only seen like the first you know first and like the the first part of the movie and the end of the movie because I always sleep through the middle I did the same with thing with John Wick 3 but those are things that I love to do. And I like to go shopping and I like to do like little, I love to eat. So like taking myself out to eat and I love seafood. So like these are all the things that I love to do that I didn't even remember that I love to do like as a kid. And it kept taking me back to like my childhood. Like when I think of me being a happy kid, those were the things that I did as a happy kid. I remember going to Barbados with my grandmother and we stayed at my great grandmother's house. My great grandmother's from where she lived in Barbados at the time. And we would go to the beach and I have this really cool picture of me as a little kid, probably four or five years old at the beach in Barbados. And it's just me and the beach. Like that's just it. And that stuck with me all year long. So 
I'm here at the beach and I came back and I said, you know, this is something I have to do all the time. I have to take better care of myself. So the boys and I lived in this big house and because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. You make a certain amount of money. You're supposed to live in this big house. You're supposed to have all these things. But when we were home, we sat on the couch and watched TV. We didn't use all this square feet. We didn't use the garage for anything other than parking our car. We didn't use our yard for anything but mowing. We didn't use the playroom for much other than like my um, my office for my uh, my small business. And that was it. <laughs> like We had all this house for no reason. So I said, you know, how can we cut down on costs? Like clearly something has to change. So we went through the house. We sold all this extra stuff that we had. We found an apartment and we got everything into the apartment. And we said, okay, when I say we, I mean, my feel like my me and my boys, like, cause that's, that's, there's no me, there's us. Well, there is me. I, I got to break my habit of saying that. Like, that's the point of therapy, right? There's no me, there's us. So I got rid of all these extra things and we moved into this apartment and like, it's like, Pinterest pretty. I took the time to decorate. I even worked with a decorator and we took, you know, each room and we decorated it. We really organized my office. We organized all the storage. So it is everything that we love and it has all the amenities that we want. So we don't have to worry about anything. And we made a point to take vacation like once a month, even if it is somewhere close by or like just a really fun weekend on the town. Like we, I wanted to make sure that my boys lived in experience and not necessarily in things. We, I'm not huge on toys. I try not to buy the boys toys. Um, there are things that they like, but their grandparents and their dad takes care of all of that kind of stuff. So my main focus is giving them the things that they'll remember. I don't remember any toys that I have. Maybe there was like a, a Cabbage Patch Kid that my uncle got me when I was little. And then my mom got me an Easy Bake Oven. And I was terrible at baking. I'm still terrible at baking. But I love to cook. So that's another episode of some sort. But I don't really remember the things that I had. But I do remember all the trips that we take and all the places that we went. So those are things that I remember. So I want to do the same thing for my kids and make sure that they have a nice, stable situation. Because I know how much better I feel when we travel. I know how much of a, a release it is to not have to clean up your own room for a while or to not have to cook every single meal. So traveling is something I love to do with my kids. And then we, we can just pick up, we can go visit all these places and, and go. So Wilmington is somewhere else that we went back for Jalen and I's birthday. We're four days apart. He's the 26th and I'm the 30th. So we went to Wilmington for another week and we stayed right on Cape Fear. And then Jackson, my youngest, he calls it the water house. <laughs> and we stayed right on the river. And it was something that we just got to enjoy. And every morning we would see the boats come into the harbor. We got to see some construction going on, which was right up Jackson's alley. And every day, like almost every day we come home from daycare, he's like, I want to go to the water house. That is something that he remembers like vividly. 
and he doesn't like the beach. Jalen loves the beach. Jackson just likes to watch. He doesn't care for the sand. He does not go into the water. He said it's stinky and it's dirty and it tastes bad. So he doesn't want any parts of the ocean. But I wouldn't know that if we had never gone, you know? So taking them and teaching them about experience and having the ability to kind of go and come as we please because we're not burdened by day-to-day debt because we don't have a bunch of overhead. Like we live within our means and then anything outside of that, we go on vacation with. So um, that has been huge for me um, in regards to my therapy because it is, again, we take it back to our boundaries and that is another something that I struggle with. I, like, I'll be honest. She was like, ouch, whoo. I hit my elbow on the desk. That's something else that I struggle with is like setting up boundaries because there are layers to boundaries. Because like I, I got, I was like, oh, boundaries, sure. Let me put a wall up around everybody. Nobody has access to me at all. And then I talked to her about that. She was like, that's okay for a little bit until you figure out what you want. It's okay to completely wall yourself off. You can't stay like that. <laughs> Clearly you are not, that's not a healthy situation. Because you have to do the work to learn what you can and cannot accept. You are strong, but there are places that you don't have to be. And then there was another activity where she was like, you have to have people in your life that supply a specific thing to you. You need someone that's going to check you when you're on your bullshit. You're going to need someone that you can vent to and that's not going to judge you. You need someone that you can call and say, hey girl, let's go get something to drink because I'm stressed the hell out. Or hey girl, like I need a hug. I'm very huge on like, I wouldn't, before therapy, I would have said that I'm not an affectionate person, but I am extremely affectionate. I just don't know what affection looks like outside of sex. So that's part of the man fast because I'll get stressed out and it's like, oh, let's have sex. I just want to have sex. And I obviously you don't have sex with anybody, just like one person, but that was all that that relationship is or was. And that was very unhealthy because it used to be alcohol for me. I used to be an alcoholic. And now that just like there are so many things that have gone on with my body that I have learned to kind of push that away. But now like that is my thing. And then like, yeah, even to the point where it was just like I needed the pressure. I needed the weight of something else. Like I told my there was like, I want to just lay in between my mattress, like in between the mattress and the platform because like I just need to be squeezed. She was like, girl, get a weighted blanket. And I just don't think my blanket is big enough because it like slides all over the place and then it makes noise. Like it has these glass beads inside. I don't know about this blanket. Like the, not my, Jackson loves it. He gets anxious from time to time and he loves that damn blanket. So that's their thing now. But it was really boiling down to figuring out how to process my own stress in a healthy way that didn't require the need to suppress it by something else. So that's a mouthful. I... Uh, at the same time I'm doing therapy, so mind you, okay, here's the therapy for Sheena. Therapy is more than just like a therapist an hour a week. This is Prozac. <laughs> this is my OB. This is my relationship with God. I probably should have put that first. Like I have made a point to dedicate myself to learning what God's path has been for me specifically for me and for no one else like what does service look like for Sheena and only Sheena 
not what does service look like for other people. And then I, as I have, you know, gotten closer with God and I've gotten closer with that, that's just who Sheena is. Like that is just who I am. And my service, my worship is serving other people in my church. And so I joined the ministry where we, uh, like customer service for the most part, we'll go, go to a pretty big church and we do a lot of events. We do, you know, we have like, uh, different things that we do there. There's a certain way that you do certain things. And I'm a very process driven person, even by career. Um, that's what I do. Just process stuff all day long and workflows and things like that. So, you know, you need one thing, a checklist and all these things. So, I kind of fell right into it. It was perfect for me, and it satisfied my need of giving to other people in a way that was structured, in a way that was healthy, and that it allowed me the opportunity to really figure out what I wanted and what I needed for myself. So that left room for me to really define out who I am outside of the service that I give to other people which has been probably the hardest part to date of my intensive therapy. So at some point, I won't be in therapy every damn day, every week. At some point, I'll, you know, just kind of go for maintenance. But right now, while we're getting Sheena together, it is something that I even struggle with, like just putting myself first in every single thought. And then to put yourself first, you have to learn what you like. You have to learn yourself outside of what? Do you like things for yourself or do you like that it makes other people happy? Which is something that she asks me all the time when I say I like something. Oh, you like going to the beach? Is that something you like to do? Is that something you like to do for other people? Oh, you like, you know, doing this task? Is that something you like to do? Is that something you'd like to do for other people? And I realized that all I did was shit for other people, which is insane. Like I have a coach and he is always like, you can't pour from an empty cup and your cup has to be full in order for you to overflow. So I had kind of gotten to the point where I was like, okay, my cup's not necessarily empty, but it was just like a little bit in there to just satisfy something else. So it would, it would be enough in there to give to someone else, or what I thought was enough to give to someone else, but it was just like barely enough. You give and now you're empty again and you're the only person that fill it up where it in reality should be where that cup is full. And what anybody else gets is the overflow, the, the part that pours out. Not necessarily what leaves you empty. And that was the hardest, probably like the hardest process was learning how to fill my cup up and learning where the overflow went. Because not, not everybody deserves the overflow. If you don't listen to shit else I say, understand one thing. Not everybody deserves your overflow. Be very aware of where the overflow goes. Because some people will just sit there and just take the overflow and never pour back into you. If there's not something coming back into the other side, it does not benefit you. It's not yours. And it's not where you should be focusing. So sometimes the only thing that's going to pour into you is you. And where that overflow goes is you. So, Again, if you don't if you don't take away anything else from this entire 40 minutes of me rambling, remember everything that happens, anything that happens for someone else is overflow, not what leaves you empty. Okay? 
you guys so much for joining me. I look forward to the rest of our days together, all the other episodes. Let me know what you guys want to hear me talk about. I will literally talk about anything and I do not care. Nothing is off limits. I'm a mom. I'm a veteran. I'm a career woman. I have a small business. I'm an entrepreneurial advocate. I love advocating for small businesses. I love researching anything and God oh my gosh like how do I keep forgetting God like that's another thing that I'm learning is always put God first okay let me be that the first thing that we talk about um, any questions you guys have let me know find me on social media tendin2 t-e-n-d-i-n-2 on Instagram and Twitter and I'll talk to y'all later